I'm Laura Green. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show that brings you the best in sapphic fiction. Join me as I chat with authors and friends who share my love for the genre. You will learn things you didn't know about your favorites and get some suggestions for your next read. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. Today's guest is one of my favorite authors. Lee Winter, welcome. It's an honor to have you here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. January and February will bring us both The Fixer and The Chaos Agent, where you will redeem Michelle Hastings. This is a tall order as many, myself included, harbor such bad feelings for how she treated our queen, Catherine Ayers. Give us a preview of those two books and why you decided you had to redeem Evil Michelle. She really is, or at least was, very, very evil. So I understand why everyone's got bad feelings about this. I <laughs> also thought she was irredeemable, but then sliced ice happened, and that is my collection of short stories that Angela Dore narrated, the legendary Angela Dore. And when she did the voice of Michelle in First Class Villains, which is a short story in there, I was just pinned to my chair. I was just like, oh, my goodness. She just did this clipped, contained, clever, shrewd, no-nonsense voice for her and I just I was fascinated I wanted to know who she was and what motivated her and how she turned out the way she was and I know everyone felt sorry for Michelle uh, well sorry a few people felt sorry for Michelle at the end of your skin because she looked so lonely and sad and pathetic but I mean I always thought well you know you did that to yourself lady <laughs> exactly it's very you know come on now you're sitting there all miserable because you hurt someone you love to get a career advancement but then I wondered if there was more to it than that and what if it's just, that's just the, what she likes to convince people of. And down the rabbit hole I went. And how do you re- redeem a villain? That's what the books are about. The two books, The Fixer and Chaos Agent, just about a professional protester, social justice warrior, Eden Lawless, who gets hired by Michelle's company to do a small side job. And then Michelle is absolutely undone by this chaos agent. But she just, <laughs> there's nothing in her realm of existence that could ever prepare her for someone who's just basically so good and pure and true and honest and blunt and doesn't believe a single word about Michelle being wicked. She doesn't even, it's not even on her radar. So the the clash of these two personalities over the two books was just hilarious. But the big question is, as you say, how do you make someone who made Catherine Ayres cry redeemable? (laughs) I'm still obsessed with her. It's been years since I've read that book, but I will always just love her so much. Yeah, I'm fond of Catherine too. She was so bitter and hurt, though, and the more I think about it, I'm like, I don't even know how she found it capable to open her heart up to love again after what happened to her, and good for her. In November, the ultimate boss set was released featuring the brutal truth, the awkward truth, and short stories from that universe. If Hollywood called and said they wanted to turn the books into a series, who would play Elena, Maddie, Felicity, and Cooper? Well, Elena would be Carrie Ann Moss in her Matrix phase, clear blue eyes and the Slick back black hair and all that attitude. Maddie is a red-headed China Lee, who was Alex and Supergirl. Felicity would have to be Emily Blunt. My God, devil wears Prada, Emily. <laughs> Just fussy and fabulous. I really didn't have one single person in mind for Cooper. She's like an amalgam of different people. The closest physically she'd be would be like the mixed martial artist fighter Gina Carano. She was the bounty hunter in The Mandalorian. Okay, yeah. Um, he got into a lot of trouble by being <laughs> oh, very dodgy. <laughs> but aside from that, just physically, like she's – Cooper has both muscles, mass, and a bit of flab, so she's a bit of everything. So 
yeah, no one particular. And fabulous thighs. I mean, come on, those Cooper thighs. Yeah, magnificent thighs. Whoever you pick would have to have tree trunk thighs that could probably, you know, push a bulldozer. <laughs> You're taking your writing break until January 2023. What do you plan to do during that time? And tell us a bit about Vengeance Planning for Amateurs, your first romantic comedy that you will be tackling after the break. I've been on a writing break for six months now, if you can believe it. Six whole months. Half a year. My fiance Sam said I had to rest my brain because I've been going at it nonstop since I first left journalism and became a writer. So what have I been doing? I've been hauling and toting and doing stuff around the garden for Sam. Um, I've also been editing other people's books because people don't know this. Editing taps a different part of your brain than writing. Quite different. You can get quite exhausted doing the creative side of writing and not the same with editing. So, yeah. Um, and our Vengeance Planning for Amateurs. That's a book I started maybe 18 I hit a plot hole when it comes to her romance. Like people just walk all over her and then something happens. I won't say what. And she just snaps and is like, that's it. I'm just tired of being this torment and decides to advertise for someone sort of like a hench person to help her enacting some vengeance schemes for her exes who've done her wrong. And through a series of events, she puts up this ad and she ends up with this very stern librarian type who runs the local crime bookshop who decides to help her in her endeavours and oh it's my first romantic comedy so they're getting it's a bit slapsticky they 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 just get themselves into deeper and deeper holes and things just don't go as planned and it's just all very funny if you could step into the life of one of your characters for a day which character would it be and why oh it has to be requiem not because i want to go around killing people don't misunderstand me (laughs) that's good i've just been thinking i want you to imagine how life would be to be not afraid of anyone you could go into any situation, you could walk down the street at night with your headphones, nothing could phase you. You'd just be completely, you'd feel indestructible. It'd be a really heady feeling, I think. I think I'd like to feel what that's like for one day. That would be amazing. And then you also have the dichotomy of you're at this award-winning cellist during the day, and at night you go out and put on your leather and do some damage. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly right. You started out writing fanfic. What shows inspired you? I started writing with Once Upon a Time. There was the Wicked Mayor, Regina and her nemesis, the feisty Emma Swan. Uh, then I did a bit of, a bit of Devil Wears Prada because, oh, I love my office <laughs> competence for porn fanfics. I just love the bossy bosses. And then I did a little bit of Wentworth. I don't really have time to write fanfiction now because I think it would drain my creative battery a bit too much when I need that for my day job. So uh, I miss it. But, yeah, that's what I used to do. You and your fiancé, Sam, are throwing a dinner party with only two of your couples. Which two are you inviting and why? Well, I think it's high time for the journalists to meet. So that's Catherine Ayers and Lauren King meeting Elena Bartel and Maddie Gray. And a few people noticed there was a little bit of an Easter egg in Under Your Skin. Um, Ayers was reading Eleanor's biography on her honeymoon. So I think she'd be pretty curious to meet the media, media mogul in the flesh. And I think I'd enjoy that dinner party because I'm a former journalist myself. So I think there'd be a lot to talk about. If you and Rosalind Sinclair collaborated to write a story featuring Mir from The Lily and the Crown and Requiem from Requiem for Immortals, how do you think those two forces of nature would respond to each other? It's a great question. And it's a very thrilling thought. I think two apex predators would absolutely recognize that in each other and they have like a wary respect they might have some minor juvenile one-upmanship moments, like Requiem might point out how many people she's killed <laughs> and Mia might point out how, excuse me, she's conquered whole star systems 
But I think once that's out of their systems, I think they'd approve each other like a whole lot. I think they'd really respect each other. You guys could put that together, you and Rosalind. Get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Lily is my favorite book of all time, so, you know, I would never say no. <laughs> you wrote a blog post on the great Anne Lister. I'm certain she would try to seduce all of your characters, but which one do you think she would make a move on first? Oh, she would absolutely go after the mouse. So she'd go after Alison from Requiem for Immortals because Alison's all sweet and gentle and kind and she's not that worldly. At least she wasn't at first. Um, and I think Anne Lister loves to be the one to be imparting knowledge to her paramours, <laughs> especially ones who are equally curious about the world around them. But then, of course, Anne would discover really quickly what a terrible idea it would be to make a move on the partner of an assassin. But initially, <laughs> she'd be up for Alison. <laughs> what Australian food should I make sure to eat when I visit your country? Pavlova. It's like this big meringue pie with a gooey center, and you top it with fruit like strawberry and passion fruit and a ton of cream or ice cream. And now, this is a controversial answer because both <laughs> Australia and New Zealand claim to have invented the pavlova, but I'm claiming it. Well, I'm not going to argue with you, so when I come to Australia, I'll <laughs> definitely have that. <laughs> You're not only a writer, but an editor as well. What do you enjoy about editing, and is there an upcoming book you have edited we should be sure to look out for? I love editing, um, especially I take the Michelangelo uh, view of this where you remove the excess to reveal the great story. And sometimes I can look at a book and I can see immediately what if you just took out that thing there and that thing there, Oh, my God, the story would be so good. So I love it when that happens. So I edit about four books a year for Ilva, and I read about a dozen manuscripts that get submitted to them for approval before they sign. So I get to see some really interesting stories before they're released. So you asked about there's one upcoming. Okay, so I've got my eye on principal decisions. Uh, that's about this, like, uptight IC college professor. She goes to a mysterious mistress to relieve her sexual frustrations and she ends up falling in love with her. What is absolutely wonderful about the story is the romance side. It's just absolutely beautiful. The thing that will surprise people is it's a BDSM erotica and you might not think, oh, romance and BDSM and erotica, but somehow, I don't know how, Thea Belmont does a wonderful job. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how she does it. She will warm the cockles off your heart with a BDSM erotica, I promise. So even if BDSM and erotica isn't your thing, I recommend making exception because the romance side is absolutely delicious. When will that be out? 2023 sometime. I'm not sure when. It's not been edited yet. Like not are, being all the way through the editing stage, I mean. Well, I will definitely look for that. What are a few of the things or people that you find most entertaining? I love witty women, clever women, smart women, smart things, smart people. I like really brilliant wordplay. <laughs> I love human to the point of excess. I, I keep telling Sam, my fiance, that all I want at my funeral is just like a bunch of funny stories about the silly things I say or do. So, yeah, I'm a bit obsessed. How do you and Sam plan to ring in the new year? Uh, we're sort of the hunker down and watch the fireworks on TV types. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll make some New Year's resolutions and see how long it takes us to break them. <laughs> We're the same. We don't venture out. We used to, but now we're like, uh, we're old and we're just, we don't want to be around all those people. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? This is advice I received from the universe. So it wasn't told to me by a person. I learned it myself and now I pass it on to everyone because it's so valuable. 
So years and years ago, I was about 19 or 20, and I was working in a newspaper, and I thought I had this really good professional relationship with the editor's secretary, this sort of like mature woman. She was a bit grandmotherly, and I thought we clicked. I thought we got on great. Uh, then I got sent off to an interstate bureau in Melbourne for six months, and when I came back, she was mean to me. She was <laughs> she was a bit of a bitch. She was so rude and offhand and flippant and I, I agonised for over a week wondering what I had done to offend this woman in the preceding six months or what I had said or how I had looked. And this bothered me very, very much because I thought we were great. Anyway, um, I got sent to a different bureau then to Sydney and then a week later I found out that the woman had been going through a divorce, her son had cancer, the editor had been harassing her, all these things had been going on that were completely unrelated to me. And I was just like, oh. So the lesson I learned is... Not everything is about you, and especially in the age of the internet where it's so easy to get offended by everyone and every attitude. If you get all these slings and arrows, remember half the time it's not even about you. It's about them. It's about something else, about the world, about the universe, and try not to take it all personally. Just remember if someone's horrible to you, you don't know what their day's like. You don't know what happened. You don't know who died. (laughs) And just don't get too worked up and think it's all about you because it's usually not. It's it's often nice. Yeah. Lee, this has been a highlight of my year, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much, and I wish you the happiest of New Year's. Thank you, and to you, and to everyone listening. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks again to Lee Winter for joining me today. To learn more about Lee and find links to purchase her books, visit leewinterauthor.com. To support this podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash or join my Patreon at patreon.com slash sapphicbookreviewpod, where you can hear your favorite authors play Would You Rather. Here's a sample of this week's with Lee Winter. Would you rather have a housekeeper or a chef? Housekeeper. I do not like cleaning showers. The end. <laughs> Would you rather have a pet koala bear or a pet wombat? Well, a koala. Because wombats spend a lot of their time burrowed underground and all you'd see is their big butts. I mean, it'd be fun for the novelty value of the fact that wombats poop square poo. And you could, you know, but, I mean, once that novelty wears off, if you had a pet koala, I mean, imagine the photos and the Instagramming and the absolute joy of having Mr. Cute up the tree. Yeah, no, definitely a koala.